just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show. Bro, I'm here as I'm every single time Marcus himself. It is Friday. February 16th, and as always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime, my number two. He is the Ron Weasley to my Harry Potter. Ryan, Ryan, buddy, how's it going? Good. Was not expecting the Harry Potter analogy. There you go. Which, by the way, before we get into... to to Wouldn't I be Harry because I got the glasses? Probably. I don't know. I'm always the... the I don't, I don't know. I always change it up. Uh, <laughs> I respect that. But um, speaking of which, I was just thinking about this before we got on. Um... I want a deep dive investigation into the recruiting process of Harry to being on the Quidditch team. Um, because if you remember, uh, in the Sorceress slash Philosopher's Stone, he is not supposed to be on that broomstick when he catches the Rorongo, right. um, or else he'd be a, he like they, uh, President Hooch said that they would be kicked out of the school, essentially. Before they could spell Quidditch. Or before they could say Quidditch. Before they could say Quidditch, yeah. So, like, he does it anyway. McGonagall sees him. I, I, I want a deeper look into why was there no justice given up? Should uh, Gryffindor have faced some sort of postseason ban or some sort of uh, repercussions moving forward because of it? Um it's Harry just, just not, had that special privilege because he's the chosen one. I think that's what it is, and and that that to me in sport just shouldn't be allowed, right? Like if we're gonna have standards, yeah, no, I'm with you. If we're gonna have certain things, and and um, I want to know, like you know, obviously he was given gifts at certain points. He was given different broomsticks, um, yeah, throughout his time. Is at that time was nil a thing that you could have in Quidditch in, in, in at Hogwarts or were those illegal gifts given like we're, we're looking at Harbaugh Harbaugh bought a kid a hamburger which doesn't even affect his his play on the field and that's not why he's in trouble though well n- hold on did he or did he, he not should buy- not have been meeting with the kid in the first place <laughs> that's he, why he was in trouble all he wanted to do was get the kid you a like hamburger. the Michigan media sway your opinion there. <laughs> no uh you and okay, I don't want to hear it because you listen to Michigan State guys. That's who you listen to. You're like, if I can't listen to Buckeye guys, I'm going to listen to Michigan State guys that also hate those guys. Those guys tell the truth. They're brutally honest. <laughs> They're not ass kissers. All right, that's what Michigan fans want them to be: ass kissers. They're yeah, not that. Michigan State those those guys probably ass kiss the Michigan State Spartans though, don't they? That uh, Valinetti does it. He's open about. It. He tells people, "I am not an ass kisser. I will tell you how I feel." Either way, irregardless, but that, that irre- that's beyond the point. Irregardless, he's been he was given illegal gifts. He was 
uh, like I, the headmasters of the school. Exactly. Like, how was that? Po- like, there's some kind of bias there that they're then going into those other three houses that also have competitive teams trying to go up against them. Um, right. The the other thing, and maybe this isn't a discussion for today, but a discussion for later on. Uh, the legacy of Harry Potter as as a seeker. Um, you know, he had a chance to be to be a beater. Uh, as well, we saw what he could do with the bat. Uh. Uh, hitting one of those bludgers. Um, do you do you think he would have been a better beater in his time there? Would he have had more of an impact than he did being a, a seeker? Or do you think he was just always meant to be a seeker? He was always meant to be a seeker. You know, come on, he's Harry Potter. He's <laughs> he's the chosen one. He is. He I, has I, to be the seeker. He has to be him. You know, but the, the seeker. I, he, I he would can't want... be like a position like the beater. You know, the beaters for the. Uh, you know the, the blue collar, hardworking. Uh, but I would, I would guy. want, I would want my chosen one to have a little bit of grit and grind. Is the thing. Like if you, like we see later on, he he kind of needs that as he far, fights the Dark Lord. Um, and so like maybe he could have gotten those kind of things instilled in him early on by being one of those beaters. I know what you're saying. You want him to be like like a Weasley, a little bit of a rougher around right. the edges kind of um guy. But you know, it, it's just one of those things that. History is going to play out how it is and, and how it has. Um, and you look at some of the greats like Victor Crumb and, and people like that who were able to, at a young age, usurp Harry for, for talent. And I just, you know, he obviously wasn't playing for the English team that early on. I wonder if he could have made it to the English team as a beater with that natural grit and grind he had. But you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm not the coach over there, so I can't say. You know what I mean? Right. But anyway... Let's talk about less important things like the Super Bowl. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, Ryan, we had the Super Bowl. Uh, not last weekend. The weekend before. Yes, correct. Yep. I believe. Um, no, no last this past weekend. This past, past Sunday. A um, little bit removed from it. Uh, the Kansas Schedules City. in the matchup to preview the game. Yes. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are once again your Super Bowl champions um, winning 25-22 to 22 in overtime. We almost got another full quarter. We basically did get another full quarter of game uh, because they took the clock down all the way to, um, what was it, like? Six uh, seconds. Six seconds. And then kick the field the, goal. The time, like, those overtime rules are a little crazy. And so I, I, I almost kind of hate it. You know, thanks, Buffalo, for whining about that. <laughs> Because that's usually what happens when they make these like rule changes. Somebody gets screwed, and then they whine it and change the rule. Like with the pat- reviewing pass interference because what happened to New Orleans, and I'm glad they changed that back because that mm-hmm. was an overreaction. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense because you know they were given at least one possession to score, and their possession wasn't up. Because watching that live, like, what are they doing? Like, you mm-hmm. you knew they were going to score. Like, yeah. I so oh, okay, we can talk about the overtime stuff. There's a lot of stuff to unpack from this game, obviously, yes. because we which really off, wasn't a very exciting game until about the fourth quarter. It wasn't. It was. It was competitive, but it wasn't exciting in the sense of a lot of scoring. It was. Right. Um, it just both, shows to you, like, you get two weeks to prepare for this game, mm-hmm. and there's a reason Super Bowls are sometimes kind of like a slugfest or, or blowouts because. Well, like you get two weeks to prepare, and sometimes one team just prepares better than the other. And for the most part, the 49ers were in control of the game. Yes. Yeah. 
they um I mean they went into halftime up ten to three. Uh yeah. and at that point you kind of knew um and they to to score, they had to do what we we're not used to San Francisco doing, kind of gimmicky stuff. They did the double pass. Um, mm-hmm. From who was it? Was it Jennings? Jawan Jennings to, yes, to uh, Jennings. McCaffrey. Yeah, to McCaffrey. Um, Jennings had a great game. He, if the Niners were the one, he should have been MVP. Yeah, uh, I agree because he threw a touchdown and he caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, and the Chiefs had a chance in the first half that uh, the Mahomes pass where he just reamed back and and hit. Uh, was it Rice or Scantling? Um, I think it was Hart or McCall Hartman. Oh, it was yes, it was Hartman. Uh, it was right when because Travis Kelsey, they showed Kelsey who was wide open. He's like waving for the ball when he yeah. looks and he's like, what the? And he sees Hartman catch it and he starts celebrating. Yeah, which was weird too because the safety, I don't understand what that safety for, for the Niners was doing because he was in perfect position. He should have picked it off. He yeah. just like, he was close. And then all of a sudden it was like he stopped running as fast and, and Nicole caught the ball. Um, it, But the next play was a fumble. So it didn't yeah. matter anyway. Um, was it? It was Pacheco. Who it was Pacheco. Ball. Yeah, he was took took the ball around to the left side. I believe ball popped out, and then uh, the Niners got it. Um, but the overtime stuff because you you brought it up. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, yep. I like the rule now. I if do you're too. if you're asking me, there's no overtime rule better than college football. Um, I, I was saying that during the game, and my dad says, "Oh, that's too easy for these guys," and I'm like. I mean, it's pretty easy for college, too, if we're being honest. Well, so what you do instead is I think that you back them up to, like, the 40 or the 45. Make them, make them go, like, 45 yards in. Um, I like that, actually. So instead of it being on the 25, you're backing them up 20 more yards. It's essentially the same thing they do with the field goals, right? In college, we still kick from the 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 three-yard line, and, and the pros, they back it up to, what, like, the, the 20? Um, yeah. And so... Like, or at least just, midfield, if not by um, yeah, exactly the forty-five or midfield, and, and have them play in, and you just keep going till somebody gets a stop, or like because at that point you're going to see a lot more teams settle for the field goal, um, and more teams go for it, which we saw with the Niners, uh, settling for the field goal, and I don't know, we're going to go in a lot of different ways with this. I, I I kind of have to speak on behalf of um my guy Kyle Shanahan, because mm-hmm. he's just getting lambasted for the, the decision to take the ball first in overtime. Yeah, it uh, was pretty clear that they they didn't have a plan. Like, the Chiefs did. Like, they, they knew if they were going to get the ball, if they planned on if they were the one to toss, they would have deferred because they were going to see what the, um, yeah. the, the – I mean, the Niners were going to do. If they were if the Niners were scoring a touchdown, the Chiefs were, okay, we're going to go for two. We're, yes. we're going to go for the yes. win. We're not just going to play for the tie. And – the Niners, obviously, they kick a field goal, so they know the Chiefs are going, which is smart because that way it dictates you kind of know what you need to do sort mm-hmm. of thing. Well, and I get it because, okay, so it's inexcusable. If, if Kyle Shanahan and his staff didn't go over that stuff, that's inexcusable, right? Like, Yeah, because that was the whole thing after game. The Niners, like, we didn't know there were there were different rules in the playoffs. Which yes. Is, you got to play And then, you know, it. Kyle Huszczyk, who, um, who said that, and then he came out, like, defended – you know, he was – trying to defend his head coach who wasn't getting thrown under the bus because he's just doing damage control basically yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna I, it's it's getting harder to be a kyle shanahan defender i'm going to be still because i, I mean, love they were the better team than the chiefs like yeah it just this it, chiefs team really wasn't that good like but the difference is they have patrick mahomes there you go that's all you have to say. So I went into this game. I had a future that I forgot I put on the Niners at the beginning of the playoffs. I just put it in because I'm like, 
I think they're the best team. And if they have to play anybody that's not the Chiefs, like I I didn't think they were gonna lose like that to the Ravens again, which was the other favorite. Like I had already seen the Ravens just destroy them and I, I just didn't see that happening again. Yeah. Um and so I'm like, I think the Chief or the uh, Niners have any uh, good chance anybody as long as they didn't have to play the Chiefs. Because I was saying, um, like, I-, I wanted to see the Niners win, but I-, I was like, I just couldn't. My gut told me, don't bet against Mahomes. Yeah, and so I was, I was debating. I was, I was thinking about hedging out and just like, because every round of the playoffs, besides the first round that or the the yeah the first game where they played uh, in the, those freezing cold temperatures in KC, um, yeah, the. Uh, Chiefs were underdogs, and I'm like, against you're gonna Miami? get no, no, against everybody but Miami. So oh, okay. in, in every single game besides the Miami game, so when they played um Baltimore, when they played the Bills, and in the Super Bowl, they were they were underdogs in every single game. And I'm like, you're gonna give plus money, plus points to Patrick Mahomes. I'm absolutely gonna take that every single time. Yes, absolutely every single time. Um, and uh, and that worked up to the Super Bowl when I'm like, I already have the Niners and I really want the Niners to win, but picking against Patrick Mahomes at this point is just stupid. It's 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 like picking against Tom like, Brady. Like this wasn't they were nowhere near as dominant as they were like like last year. The, last year they were the same like Kansas City Chiefs losing um, Tyree Kill last year. They didn't miss a beat because Kelsey was still awesome. This year mm-hmm. Kelsey, you know Kelsey has a lot of mileage on them if you got to count. He's 33. He's played deep in the playoffs. So he was a little slow by injury, and they just looked really clunky. It took them time to figure out, so they started to rely more on the run game a bit. And their defense was actually better this year to where they could you, – you knew you had a defense that wasn't going to lose you games, kind of like yes. what they had in the past sort of and, thing. And that defensive – those defensive backs for the for the Chiefs yeah. are really, really good, and they're young. Need, um, have you seen what their, tw- their 2022 draft class was? Mm-mm. They hit on everyone. Their first round pick was George Carlothis. Uh, yeah, the the um the linebacker, or the he's a defensive end. Yeah, I think he plays he's back from, from Purdue. Yeah, they also got um, Trent McDuffie in that draft. Okay, um, Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, um, shoot, they got a couple. I think Trey Smith too was on that team. Was in that draft class one okay. of the linemen. Really, they hit on everybody except for Sky Moore. <laughs> Who was the, wasn't that the first round pick or the second round pick? For uh, he, he was their second round pick, or second, second round or pick, third yeah. round pick. But he's the wide receiver who he was, was the second round decent. pick. He scored yeah. a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year because he was the guy that they were thinking they were going to be able to uh, replace. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're going to use him and Kadarius Tony to replace Tyree Kill and McCole Hartman, who ended up getting back this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and thank God they didn't play Kadarius Tony, right? How many how many people do you think in in Kansas City are like, thank God we never put Kadarius Tony out there? Everyone, every single and one of them. His Instagram live, where he said they were lying on him, saying that he wasn't hurt, and I'm like, dude, not a single person cares. <laughs> they know that you've done nothing but cost them games this year. Yes, uh, and so, um, yeah, that that defensive backfield is really really good. And and I, the thing that blows my again, I this sounds like me just because you're gonna talk about the losers. We talked about that a lot, right? Like you're you're yeah. gonna you're gonna hit the losers more for certain things, and it's gonna sound like again I'm just dogpiling on Kyle Shanahan, which I'm not trying to do. But what the hell are you doing, 
throwing the ball as much as you are in that kind of game yeah. is Brock Purdy. Like, the strength of the Chiefs was their defensive backs, and they played great all night. They did. All night. Like, the entire game, the, the windows were so small. Now, Purdy found some stuff, and, and, and they had guys that they found open at times, but um, yeah. I think like, he threw the ball. They didn't like, use Brandon Ayuk hardly. Yeah, uh, which is crazy. Which or, is crazy. or Kittle. No, Kittle caught like two balls. He did catch the big one to get, get that first down, but I yeah. think that after that he, he had the he, one on the holding call that got called back. Yes, uh, and he hurt his shoulder on that one where he caught yeah. the caught the first down. Which, he landed. By on the, the way, um, Nick Bosa was right. There, the Chiefs' two tackles hold a lot because yes, Bosa was being held the entire game and they never called it once. Um, and that was the we're all over the place here. Uh, I know we're all over the place. I do want to get back to the Nick Bosa stuff and in the way that defensive front played at the beginning because they were they, inspired. Like Young they were like, inspired. He heard all the complaints. He was all over the place early. They were playing with just maximum effort. It was awesome. It was awesome yeah. to see. But uh, I don't even remember where I was going with it. Demons, so right? oh, the, the oh Niners yeah, the, the Niners game plan. I understand, like the and the Chiefs to their credit. Did a very good job of stopping the run too. I think they held Christian McCaffrey to like three point six yards per carry, which was his young or youngest, which was his lowest total for the year. Uh, but like, just keep leaning on him. Like you've got the best offensive lineman I would contend in the National yeah. Football League. You have the best fullback in the National Football League. You have probably one of the best blocking, if not the best blocking tight ends in the National Football League. Yes. Like, just lean on him. Stop. Just don't get away from it. Make them sell out on stopping the run and then start using Purdy. Like, Don't get him... away from what got you there. Exactly. Like, let him game manage. Like, I it, I don't even want to use that as a dirty term anymore because it's not. Like, he is a good game manager, but they started to ask him to, to do too much, and you could see it just did become too much. Like some of his throws were just terrible because they were putting him in bad positions and and it just was not great for uh for the Niners. And I all game I just kept thinking if the they just if the Niners let the Chiefs just kind of stay in it and stay in it and stay in it, it's going to be over because mm-hmm. they have Patrick Mahomes and you don't. You know what I mean? Like you saw that. I mean, and all three of their super- Super Bowls, the um, Chiefs have trailed by 10 points at some point in the game. Now, this one's different than the other ones because in like last year's against the Eagles, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. You know, same with the 49ers in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, because this year it's just 10 nothing in the first half. But in all of the Super Bowls, tonight, Shanahan's been in. He's blown 10 point leads at some point in the game. Same that, thing this yeah. time. It was just in the first half. But that's the other thing, too, is it's like when, when, the, he's starting to get that narrative now of can't can't win the big one, can't win the big one. And there's there's a lot to be said, the fact that he's made it to three Super Bowls, two as a head coach right. and one as the offensive coordinator. But also it's like, come on, brother, you gotta do it at some point. Right. No, you're 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 absolutely right. right. Um it's but, and yeah, that's what got because everybody forgets like Andy Reid had a reputation of he could never win the big game. Mm-hmm. That's what got him fired in Philadelphia. Because yeah. Mel Kuyper Jr. was trying to say, oh, you know, once he got Patrick Mahomes, he's now a Hall of Fame coach. And I was like, he was a Hall of Fame coach prior to Mahomes. He just could before Mahomes, he just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. Like, that's what got him fired in Philly. 
And he had some really good teams in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, again, he just he, he, I think a lot of it was a perfect storm when he first got to KC. Um, yeah, obviously you get what I would say is the greatest football, greatest quarterback we've seen, not named Tom Brady in the history of the game. Um, and even with Alex Smith, they were making the play, or winning games at least. Yes. Um, and Alex was Smith, just, he was a, a game manager. He didn't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver in like two straight years. Which is like, crazy. how was that? How was that possible? How was that possible? It's just everything that Travis Kelsey and the running backs. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you just, you land on a generational talent. Um, and it, it ends up, being like you know, a, a good a good turnout for you. You know what I mean, like a good fit. Yeah. And look, um, every great coach has had one good court, like Belichick and Brady. Yes. Mah- Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Um, Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shula. Very rarely and- do you see a coach who has like lots of success with like multiple different quarters? You know, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, sort of. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, going into this game, I'm like, I, I, I had bet on the Chiefs every single round. Um, I bet on them in the cold game because I'm like, there's no way Miami gets up for this one. I bet on them against the Bills because oh, I was yeah. like, they're going to beat the Bills. Like, it, it Miami just, didn't stand a chance in that no. game. Um, got plus money <laughs> against them in the Bills. I was like, I just didn't think Buffalo was going to beat them. And, again, you're going to give me plus money against uh, anybody with Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take the plus money. Um, and when at the end of the game, it was 16 to 19 because it was 16, 16 Niners kicked the field goal with like what? Two minutes left. Yeah. Chiefs had two, the, the play. The biggest play of the game that no one's really talking about was the blocked extra point. Cause that changed everything. Cause yes. if it's 17 to 16, the Kansas city doesn't, um, kick there. You know, they're, they're going for it. They're not going to kick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is a good point. And the kick was like the block was good, but it was really just a bad kick. It was a low kick um, that I don't think had much of a chance to make it. Um, but yeah, Kansas City starts coming down the field. Um, and you just knew like, oh, yeah. B- uh, Butker had been on fire. Yeah. Uh, all season long, really. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, especially in the playoffs. And you just knew if they got into position, which they were going to, because again they have Patrick Mahomes. And that second half is when Travis Kelsey kind of like he, he just he, went off. Yeah, very quiet first half. Came out in the second half. Besides yelling at and bumping into Andy Reid. Yeah, I don't. So do you do you think that would have been more of a thing if they lost? Do you think we'd play that up more if they lost? Yeah. Or, or yeah, I. I don't know. You know. Football, as you would know, because you've played and coached, it's an emotional game. And sometimes mm-hmm. your emotions just get the best of you. Yes. And which is what happened because they took him. He was upset about not being in for one play, which was on the fumble. Yeah. Especially it's easy to say, like oh, that. it ain't a big deal now. And I liked how on their uh, podcast, Jason Kelsey called him out and was like, dude, like that was unacceptable. Yeah. You know, it's a heat of the moment thing. Yeah. Do you watch? You are, it would be a lot worse if they would have lost the game. Do you do you listen to the podcast or or – not really. I just, just see catch the clips. The clips. On. Yeah, me too. I, I listen to a, a lot of podcasts. That, you know, I don't have time to listen to everything. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I I think they would have played that up more if 
the Chiefs lost. Um, Definitely. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that um, or, or Pat Mahomes, they come down, they kick the extra point, and then overtime is overtime. You know, it's I don't I, I don't fault the Niners for kicking the field goal there. I do fault the yeah. Niners for taking the ball first, obviously. Mm-hmm. The only other argument, like the only argument I thought in my head was, okay, they're going to get the ball. The Chiefs are going to get the ball anyway. Um, you want to put it into a, a do or die scenario, but when it comes to going for it, I was just thinking about this. Like, if you don't get it, they get the ball at the nine yard line, so you have to force them to go ninety one yards. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like trust your defense. But it was kind of like at that point in the game, like both defenses were so worn down, like nobody could stop. You know, like if the Chiefs would have kicked the field goal, the Niners were going to win the game. I mean, the Chiefs weren't going to win if you're down there, but. It was almost like whoever had the ball last was going to win. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. Uh I only I only hesitate a little bit because again, I'm going to say this over and over again. One team had Patrick Mahomes and the other team didn't. Yeah. And it's like I I know you that are sounds correct there. I know that sounds stupid to say over and over again, but it's like we talk about I, I, like 2 years ago, we've talked about this before. Like 2 years ago, it was Aaron Rodgers that we would just text each other and be like, I can't believe what this guy does. Um, and now it's Patrick Mahomes, but it's, it's, it's like if you took Rod, the best parts of Rodgers and the best parts of Brady and put them together, that's Patrick Mahomes because he makes all those crazy throws. And also you always feel like you're going to win the game. Like always, like even with Rodgers, sometimes you feel like, and it's a little bit out of reach. Like there's like, he's just off. I never once, like, when it was that close, I never once felt like it was out of hand for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, they go back-to-back. First ones to go back-to-back since the, what, 04, 05 Patriots? Yeah, which is actually which, crazy if you think about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I don't want to say they got a good chance of three-peating, but I, I don't know who's got a better chance than them to three-peat, you know what I mean? Um, right and uh, or, or even I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I just want to take a minute to just go off about how annoying Bengals fans are. Okay, go ahead. You, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Yes, yes. Because Joe Burrow and Tom Brady are the only two quarterbacks who have beaten Mahomes in the playoffs, and Bengals fans have just been like the way they talk about Burrow and Mahomes. They, they act like he's Eli Manning. What was to Tom Brady? It's like yeah, you beat him in the AFC title once, but. Did you win the Super Bowl? Yeah. No. No. And not only did you no. not win the Super Bowl, Mahomes has won not one, but two since you beat him. So mm-hmm. it's like, shut up. Yes. Just... I get I get that you, you have a guy now that you that gives you a chance to win a lot of games, but also your guy is not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's guy is Patrick Mahomes. No. Like that's that's not just me shitting on the on on the, the Bengals. Nobody's guy is Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's. No. Nobody. Nobody I has saw him. someone saying like the Chiefs showed like why you don't need to pay receivers big money because you know they let Tyree Kill walk and they've won two Super Bowls since then and it's like, but they have Patrick Mahomes. Yes, like yeah. their receiver room is probably the worst <laughs> in the league and people were that was a huge issue for them this whole season was their receivers. Mm-hmm. They, they just I I think this is Andy Reid's best coaching year because they 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 even with their lack of receivers doing really like hurting them more than helping them they still mm-hmm. found a way to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they 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 did it with um did it with defense. Yeah, like defense and Mahomes just being Mahomes. 
And did you see that um, Andy Reid said that he texted Antonio Pierce and thanked them for beating them on Christmas? No. Because I think um, – because he texted him, congratulated him for getting the job, and he said, thank you for beating us because you, you, uh, we were too complacent. Really? I Which love I thought, that. like, man, he, he's got a point. Like, that kind of woke them up. It's like, we can't just go out. We're, you know, they've dominated the rate, well, the entire AFC West since they've had Mahomes. Yeah, it's yeah. like they just showed you have to go out there and play. You can't just go, oh, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we can Which- just show up and we'll beat you and – It'll be it'll be interesting to see next year because um, I'm guessing they're going to go m- probably wide receiver heavy, maybe lineman oh, yeah. heavy in in the in the draft. They have um, they have to. I mean, um, this is a pretty good receiver uh, draft class too. Yes, or defensive lineman, defensive front because they were really all season long they were kind of weak when it came to the run. They just I think they game yeah. planned really well for that for that Super Bowl game. Um, and their de- their defense coordinator Spags, right? Yes. Uh, He's just great at setting pressure at the right times to the right yeah. positions. Um, Does he deserve another head coaching job? Um, no, but only because he's such a good defensive coordinator. And you know, I I think he might be one of those guys who's like he's already had his chance of being a head coach. It didn't work out for him. Where he, it's kind of mm-hmm. like let me just stay doing what I do best as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, kind of uh, like um. Not to bring Ohio State into this, but I am like yeah, of course. Chip Kelly, he's tired of being a CEO, you know, being a head coach, putting up with transfer portal NII. He's like, I just want to go someplace where I can write, write up and call plays, just mm-hmm. do what I do best. Yeah, yeah, Which and some guys are just some guys are better fit for that. State. Yeah, uh, but I I wonder if to kind of put a bow on it, um, if the uh. If they're starting to get that, which we saw it last year, the Warriors um, fatigue of of the regular season, like not yes. really like going through the motions of the regular season. And as long as they get in, they're they're fine. Like I think the Warriors, the Lakers, the some of these teams that have won multiple championships. That that's how the Cavs were like LeBron's last two. Se- After they won the title, like those last two regular seasons, it was kind of like they went through slumps during the regular season where it was. You know, everyone's freaking out, like, kind of what we saw off the trees. Oh, what's wrong with them? It's once they get to the playoffs, it's boom. Yes. Like, it- and, and we we don't talk about it a lot, too, Um, that the, this is now two years in a row the Chiefs have had less, a month less of recovery than, like, you know, the majority of the teams in the league. Um, Because a lot of those teams were off at, at the end, like, week 18, that was it. They're done. Um, And... Then the Chiefs are playing another month, month and a half into uh, the year that you hear from basketball guys all the time. Like, yeah. they play so deep into the the finals. It was LeBron. LeBron talked about how he played so deep into the finals every year that his body was just not getting the same recovery everybody else's was. I think that's why Travis Kelsey was in, not the same Travis Kelsey this year because that's starting to catch up to him. Yeah. Even yeah. though if you look at his stats – he still caught 93 passes and had 984 receiving yards, which when I saw that, I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. Because he did not seem like the old dominant Travis Kelsey. Like, And he looked like him old, his old self in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. Especially in the Super Bowl that second half. Like we said, he, he looked – that catch he caught in uh, – or at the end of the game to put them the in third really good down position. He just yes. laid out that mm-hmm. – that was a pure stinger. Like, 
that yes. that uh, 49ers th- uh, defensive back took. I thought I thought he broke his collarbone at first because that's how bad it looked. But yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was just a just just the just, force of you know Kelsey was going. I, According to his stat cast, he's running like 18 point something miles an hour, that's which is insane. Like the fastest he's ever moved. Yeah, that's insane. He's 34. That I guess that's a good time to to do that. Is yeah, when Super they needed 57, it most, he yeah. stepped it up. Um, but Ryan, do you have anything else with this or anything else? I, the 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 last thing I want to say is this, and and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, obviously, because I don't like giving publicity to these kind of things. But uh, the thoughts and prayers to the people that were at the parade. Um, I went on a little sad, bit. Dude. It's very sad. I went on a little bit of a tyrant in our our group chat about it, um, because I just don't, I I can't understand people that um destroy a pure joy situation when we have so hard times. Uh, here. They're charged to uh, juveniles. Juveniles, yes. So it, that, that they weren't even they were teenagers. Yeah, and it didn't even crap. sound like again. It didn't sound premeditated. It sounded like something that no. came out of nowhere. But also, it's like. You don't like just you, it's it's not needed. It's just not no. needed. And this well, is not go on. You won, you know, a back to Super Bowl back to back years, your third and five years. It should be a happy time for the city, like a celebration. And then yeah. you, you you ruin it for everyone. Yes. It, it, and so that's sad. what it is sad. And I don't want, like, you know, I don't want to get into a rant about, you know, the the legality of it and, and and all that kind of stuff because people these things happen and people argue it's because of this because of this or you know right. we should do this or do this i'm not here to do that i'm just here to say more um it kind of echo what you said it's just more upsetting that it gets ruined for a lot of people and now people are going to have to double think when they go to parades for their teams winning when just sports... go to anywhere with, with big with large crowds yes yes in sports especially when you win championships like that are meant to be celebrations and they just don't happen often and when you have to start thinking of other things besides being a passionate sports fan and and celebrating it just sucks and it's terrible and it ruins it for everybody and i hate it and i hate it and i hate um that this is a reality, but anyway, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't say at least something uh, or mention something about about those people that it suffered and uh, the one um, young. I think she was a, a journalist or, or worked at the the news station. The person who died, yeah, that passed away. A lot of away, kids so. who got hurt too, which yeah, is even it's, sadder. It's, it's, I try not to be blue on this program, but it's bullshit. I mean, it's just it's not it's 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 not fair. But anyway, um. Ryan, anything else to go along with the Super Bowl? Um, I think we got it all. I think we did too. Well, Ryan, what do you say we take a quick break? We'll come back. We're going to talk other sports, which is crazy for us. Uh, yeah, we are more of just a football podcast. <laughs> we are. Uh, we're going to talk some basketball, some round ball a little bit, um, both NBA and college, uh, and just see where our brains take us. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey there, everyone. Well, me and Ryan are taking a quick break. Remember to go into whatever app you're you're using, whether it be Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for us. Um, Download the episode. uh, Give us a rate. Give us a review. It really does help with the show, and we really do appreciate it, uh, and it goes a long way um, for both of us. So please remember to subscribe, and here we come back to the show. All right, Ryan, we're back, and let's talk some round ball, and we're going to start from the top mm-hmm. with the association. Um, 
as has been noted before, not I'm not the biggest NBA guy. That's why I keep Ryan around because he informs me on everything going on. And this would not be the Marcus show, bro, if we did not get a segment of Ryan absolutely homering one of his teams. So, Ryan, I know you're standing on the pedestal. You The, the sword in your back for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to sit back. This time's yours. All right. So the Cavs, as of, we're at the All-Star break right now. The Cavs are 36 and 17 at the moment. They're the number two seed in the league. And I think they have like the third or fourth best record in the league. I think Denver, because obviously Boston's better than we are. And I think Denver and the Clippers are. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, the Cavs have gotten like absolutely no media coverage. And I just want to break down why they've done so well this year and uh, talk to how they got there. Because they've been the hottest team in the league like the past two months, honestly, mm-hmm. because two months ago they were 16 and 14. Don or Darius Garland suffered a broken jaw by running into Kristaps uh, Porzingis' elbow. It was an incidental thing. And then Evan Mobley has a minor knee operation, just cleaned something up in his knee. Mm-hmm. So it looked like all hell had broken loose for the Cavs. But what did they do during that time? They've uh, gotten they 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 figured something out and they started playing their best basketball. And they've gone uh, 20 and three since then, their past 23 games. And they've gotten Garland and Mobley back in the process. And they've really, I think they've surprised some people to the fact that they were playing this well. I, I think they were expected to be good, but you didn't know they'd be this good. Yeah. And, and you know, I think when you look, when everybody looks at the Cavs, they just think about how they looked against the Knicks in the playoffs last year. But they're a much different team now than when they were then. Because what they, what did they do? They in the offseason they added more shooting. They brought in um, Max Struess and Georges Niang. Mm-hmm. Struess has been great. Uh, he's the, he's been better than what I thought because he's done more than just shoot. He's he does a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. He's a much better defender than I thought he was. Yeah. He he just makes play like he just makes things happen. Like the other um, week in the game against the clip, not the Clippers, the Kings. He had two plays to where. Uh, Sabonis got the rebound for the Kings. I mean, he comes, everyone had run up the court except for Sabonis and Struess. And Struess pokes the ball away from him. The first time he just grabs it and lays it in for a layup. The next time, because he poked it away a little farther, he went in the corner and nailed a three. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that that don't show up and show up in, as a steal, but you know, it doesn't say, oh, he stole it off a rebound sort of thing. And Niang has been good enough off the bench as a shoot. I mean, his shooting has been, he's got, he got to a slow start, but. He's playing well enough right now. And, it, and they've, they've just gotten better. Like, their bench is much better this year than it was last year. Because they have you have Karis LeVert, who's playing really well. You have Niang that I brought up. And they have um, – so Dean Wade played a really good season, uh, 21-22 season. Then he got hurt, so he didn't play in the playoffs. Here's knee. Last year, a big reason they let Kevin Love go was not – besides the fact that he was playing with a broken uh, hairline fracture in his thumb, they were going to let – uh, Dean Wade, you know, they're giving his minutes to Dean Wade, and then Dean Wade got hurt, hurt his shoulder, missed some time. And when he came back, he just had no confidence. Yeah. But Wade has been playing much better this season. And when he's in the lineup, the Cavs are like, I think the past two years when he's played, the Cavs are like 60 and 20. And without him, they're like 500. Yeah. Like uh, on Saturday, when they beat Toronto, he did not score in the game, but they were plus 26 when he was on the court. That's That's pretty good. Yeah, he's a good defender. He's a a good shooter, and he's 
well, he's white, so he's sneaky athletic. Yes. Like, he can throw it down. He, he he makes some plays where you're like, wow, I didn't know he was that athletic. I mean, he's 6'9". He's in the NBA. Yeah. Everybody is. Super smart player. Great natural yes. leader. When he calls – that's what I would throw it out. He's sneaky athletic yes. just because he's white. Yes. Yeah. And then the Cavs have a guy who – there's not a single person on ESPN who probably knows who Sam Merrill is. And I don't know if you know who he is at all. No, no idea. Okay. They picked him up last year. They signed him to a two-way contract. He mainly played in the G League. He was on the Bucs team that won the finals. I mean, he didn't really play much. But he's they, they needed to play him this year because of so many injuries. And he's played really well when he's played. He's kind of like a Kyle Corbett. He's had – because their shooting forms look the same, honestly. But mm-hmm. um, he's had games – he's had at least two, different, two or three different games where he's led them in scoring with like 20 – he's at like six or seven threes off the bench. Or he's had nights. He kind of has the shortest leash of anybody in their rotation as yeah. of right now. Because if he's not knocking down shots, then, you know, he's not going to be out there long. But he'll have games where he plays about he plays about 10, 11 minutes a night. And there are some games he'll play 10 minutes, have nine points. You mm. know, off three threes. Yeah. So it's just an extra weapon. Like, And they didn't make any moves here at the deadline, which I was okay with. Because I'm like, there's really not much that they need. Like, they've gotten better by – they address their needs of adding shooting in the off season. And um, even like Dean Wade is a plus when he's healthy, because, you know, cause he, he's an addition just by, if he's starting to knock down shots, you know, it's someone that you, you didn't have to go out and get him. You already had him there and same with Sam Merrill. And it's just like the national media, they just, Oh, I view them as a team that they're just going to lose in the second round. And I'm like, well, we don't know that this is a much, that Knicks here, the Knicks were a weird matchup for the Cavs, and they they just they didn't play well. And yeah, another guy who I haven't talked about is Isaac Okoro. He's kind of the X factor of the thing. He just he's not a great shooter, but mm-hmm. he does a lot of other things really well. He's a great defender. Um, and like in the playoffs last year, because he's shooting right now like thirty eight percent, yeah, from the field, or not from the field from three. They just had him stand in the corner, and the Knicks didn't guard him because they weren't afraid of him to shoot, and he would, like, miss two threes, and I thought J.B. Bickerstaff got two. He was like, oh, he missed two shots. We, we got to pull him out of the game. And it's like, he can do so much more than just stand in the corner. Yeah. Sort of thing. Is there anything you wanted to add? No. No. Because, again, I haven't followed a ton of – of I, I did know uh, that the Cavs have been – the 20 and 3 – the 20 and 3 out of the 23 games part of it is – um. I mean, it's a great run. It's a fantastic it run. It's uh, you you um, go into the break right now uh, with a lot of that momentum. You just hope it can carry over to the second half of the season. Yes. Um, and uh, the Cavs yeah. seem like one of those teams that they're just very well rounded. They play their yes. style of ball, and um, when you have defense, that, yeah, when you have that identity of playing grit, like good defense, a grit and grind team. Um, and on top of it, you have uh, some star potential as well to kind of carry you over the top. That they, they, you know, um, it it'll still be tough for them, I think, to get past the Celtics um, in uh, a absolutely. series. Uh, not that it's impossible, but um, it's just the Celtics are playing at such a high level right now. Um, and I don't think they're going to remain as the two C just because the East is. You got they have to compete with Milwaukee and Philly. And the the Knicks as well. The Knicks have gotten better, but their schedule because they're they had a really nice their schedule really wasn't too bad like this past month or yeah. so. It, it gets a little tougher in March, but at the same time, I I, I think that they can their ceiling is the three seed, mm-hmm. like or 
not the, their, their floor. floor. Is, I, I think they'll at least be the three seed. Yeah. And last year I had three goals for the Cavs, and they accomplished two of them, which was get home court, mm-hmm. win 50 games, well, probably in other order, but yeah. And then win a playoff series. They did two of the three. So obviously that's 66.7%. So they failed. Yeah. Yeah. This, this year it's the same thing said you have to you have to win a playoff series. Like if and I and it, it all depends who they draw, like in the first or even the second round. Mm-hmm. But I think they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I think they're gonna have a good, good, favorable uh you know, we were talking discussing it earlier. Um, I just don't know how much of a threat right now the Sixers are with no Embiid, yes. um, with the meniscus they, tear. They beat the Cavs on Monday. Okay, so but they only uh, won I mean, by like two. Uh, and and they, I mean they have Maxi. They have good players. Like they they kind of they, have. They, a they do have there. good players, and, yeah. and I think part of it, the Cavs have had such like they played like six games in a span of nine uh, days. Yeah, I could be wrong with, about that, but they played a bunch, and I, and I think fatigue just caught up to them. Yeah, hence the Bulls getting there tonight. Why they got they came up such a slow start. Like they need this break. Mm-hmm. That they're on right now, which yes, it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they opened up with Philly next uh, first game back too. By so way. yeah, it'll be a good a good uh, parameter for where where we're going or where the Cavs are going moving forward. I shouldn't say we, but where the Cavs go from from here. And uh, um, I love how you said we. You're nope, a Cavs fan. Not you? I am not. I am not. Your um, hatred for them that makes no sense to me. I just. I, and I don't even, I'm not even a big NBA guy. I just I, I pray on the downfall of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I can't help it. It's in my brain. It's um. You just want to see me suffer. That's what. A it little is. bit. A little bit. It, right, it, it is a little honest. bit. A little <laughs> bit. Um. It's like I shouldn't really hate the the uh the I words as much as I do, but I just do. And and I don't um, get it. You probably it, hate them more than the. Well, you probably hate both those teams more than the Browns, who are an, are an actual rival with one of your favorite teams. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I do. It's yes. The Browns At least you're on this mark. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> the Browns is the Browns to me. Um even when they beat us, they still is the Browns. So Yeah, that's I I mean it's just they it's it's all there is to it. Um give me some more stuff about the league. How's how's uh I know Luca has, has exploded for a couple points. Um I think you have what, seventy three mm-hmm. uh in one game. Um Jokic still playing at a high, high level yeah. this year. Denver is weird because you kind of forget that they're the defending champs because they get no publicity, but they're rolling. Like, yeah. they're a team who nobody – they're the best team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Besides Jokic Celtics, is so they're, good. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. and, and he's – Jokic is just insane. He's just – like, he's – uh, you want to talk about sneaky athletic? I don't even think he's that athletic. He no. just he just cooks guys like it's just crazy. He's very skilled. I love watching him. It's like I I can I I I hate just like giggling about it, but like it does it. I I think about him playing basketball, and it's like that guy shouldn't cook dudes the way he does, but he just makes yeah. people look like fools. It's, he does. It's awesome. And he's he's a great sh- like he doesn't jump when he shoots, but it's like every time he shoots a three, it's always a make, and it's yeah. like. And it's he, frustrating, but he's really good. And he like doesn't really like playing basketball that much. No. <laughs> he, like, no. He's so stupid. He's, he's like the average like person. He hates his nine to five, but he's <laughs> yes. just really good at it. You yes. Know? Yeah. He's like, now that we've done our job, I can go home and, and hang out with horses. Right. And, which is like which is his passion. Random, like, you know, crazy he, thing about Yeah, home. he's like, I just want to be in Serbia and I want to race horses. And that's yeah. it. And it's awesome. Um, 
the uh the trade deadline came and passed and, and uh there was a lot of of talk speaking of of myself and my NBA fandom the Lakers had a lot of talk I I heard a lot of like you know maybe dumping uh Delo they ended up keeping him I believe yeah they did, um, they they did not make any trades I mean they had no assets yeah well the like, one asset they have they're not going to move uh is LeBron. Is LeBron and there was like some things floated out there that uh LeBron um could have been like people were asking about LeBron or the late. I don't think the Lakers were shopping LeBron, but it never ended up happening. You don't trade LeBron James. I don't care no. how old he is or where he's at in his career. You're not trading LeBron James. LeBron, he has too much pride because he well, he has a no trade clause. He'll never allow that to happen. Like no, no, he has too uh, much pride to be traded. Yeah, no, he no, that won't happen. Uh, and um. The Clippers, how have the Clippers? They've been up and down a little bit this year. They they've been playing their best basketball. They're probably they figured something out. Well, they're they're healthy for one. Both Kawhi and Paul George have stayed healthy. But Russell Westbrook has found a great role off the bench. He was he was the scapegoat with the Lakers a year ago. Um, he did not play. Don't don't say that. He did not play well with the Lakers. He okay. Two things. Two things we were at the same time. Was he blamed for all their issues? Yes, but. He was also not playing well. And he also is just not a good – was not a good fit next to LeBron. No. They're, they're both, both – They both are ball-dominant players who yep. like to, you know, facilitate, drive, kick the ball out. And to play with LeBron, you have to be able to shoot, like catch and shoot. And Russ, throughout his career, he's not been a bad shooter. But more recently, he has – his three-point shooting especially has gone way down the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, call me crazy, but – uh. Are the Mavs a seek like a sneaky team out of the West that can make some noise? You're not crazy. I think they can. It just comes down to like, well, it comes down. Kyrie is the most important player on that team. If they yeah. can get if he when he actually plays, mm-hmm. he is really, really, really good. Like if he can be the Kyrie of old and Lucas still playing well, they have a great chance, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, Kyrie, he's he shows up when he wants to, or he's just he has the worst injury luck. So to me, it it all comes down to Kyrie because they went toe to toe with Phoenix, like in the playoffs the past couple of years, and mm-hmm. they just, yeah, you know. And now, now just Phoenix, you brought them up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is Durant? Uh, I know he's been playing. Is he been playing okay to start this year? He um, has been. I mean, they've had some injuries, like you know, Bradley Beal missed some time. Um, mm-hmm. was missing some, has, has missed time with injuries. They're kind of a really weirdly constructed team. I mean, I'm looking at the standings at the moment. They are the fifth seed right now. And I uh, lied. Minnesota is actually the best team in the league. Oh, yeah. Isn't Minnesota playing, like, insane basketball? Yes. But it's like no one's talking about them. Them and the Thunder. The Thunder are kind of – they're the young – the Thunder, they're kind of like the the Detroit Lions. Like – they're that fun, young, up-and-coming team. Like, Shea Gilgis Alexander is playing really good basketball. Um, he's has an all-star starter. He's an MVP candidate. Um, and they're just really fun to watch because it's Minnesota and OKC are top two seeds. When the Clippers are third, uh, Denver's fourth, Phoenix is fifth, New Orleans mm-hmm. is sixth, and then Dallas. It goes Dallas is the seventh seed right now. I mean, the Western Conference is actually is really good. The West is better than the East, top to bottom. Yeah. Yes, I I but, I have picked up that the West has has had uh some really solid play going on this year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Anthony Edwards and Cat uh, are both playing really well. Like Minnesota has finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. It seems like it seems like the past couple of years they've always had like the young up and coming guys, and they just haven't put it all together. But they finally they finally are. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So um, any anything else from the league you want to discuss? I know you um, want to get that cab stuff off your chest. Yeah, I, I wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, I think we got it. I'm just okay. excited to see the you know the push for the playoffs. Um, what does where does Philly finish without Joel, and if they actually get him back? Yeah, it could be weird. Yeah, he's you know a big seven foot guy that has knee problems, so it's like yeah, it's it's a weird he, spot to be he, in. You know, you name it. Yes. Had. Yeah. Um, unfortunate, but it is what it is. Ryan, let's talk some college yeah. basketball. I can, I can, I can be in that discussion because I have been right, watching and following. And, and I've been following at... more than I have been in the past like two years. Yes. Um, I have not bettered myself to follow more NBA. I can't. I don't know why. I just can't help myself. I can't do it. Yeah, but I think it's because I watch so much bas- so much college basketball all the time that it's like. I have a finite amount of space in my brain that I can really I devote time to. So um, right now, the way I kind of like to do this and, and the way my brain compartmentalizes it is really through conferences um, and, and some of the top teams we this get. This is in. a pretty weird seat. Like there's no like dominant team. No, um, <laughs> it is. It, so, okay. UConn is throat punching everybody. Okay. Um, but defend you kind of forget they're the, they're the defending yes. national champions. Yes. Uh, now, do they have their faults? Yes. Um, they lost. I think a really weird one to Xavier, or um, it might have been Seton Hall. One of the two. They've lost one. Um, one in conference game. I'm gonna pull up. Uh how they've done hold up yeah and and we'll just start with the big east then because we have a massive 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 game on saturday in the big east um marquette who uh came into the year the preseason ranked number one um or two i believe uh kind of faltered in the in the middle of the season like the 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 late start late ages of the early part of the season into the middle and they have turned it around completely where they're just beating the hell out of teams now um, like Marquette so lost to Seton Hall in Seton Kansas. Hall. That's who it was. It was Seton Hall. Um, I knew it was one of those. One of those other. Shout big... out Frank the Tank. That's his squad. There we go. Um, I knew it was one of those other. Which, by the way, okay. Why are there so many Big East teams that use blue as their color? It really Dude, I, bothers I, I don't me. know. There's so many teams in the Big East that use blue, like UConn, um, Marquette a little bit, uh, <laughs> Creighton, Xavier, Seton Hall. Providence is just it's black and white. Yeah, um, they have a lot of blue teams. It's they it do. really throws and, me and off. I, I want to throw us out there, and I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I miss the old Big East, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean this this iteration of the Big East is pretty good, but you couldn't it is. The, like the the, uh, the I miss like Pitt, Syracuse, Syracuse. Um, yeah. Who else? Maryland were they in the Big East? Were they always like, AC, they were ACC? It, it's more like you know Syracuse. No, Villanova still. Who who did Syracuse join the ACC with? Pittsburgh. Pitt, Pitt used yeah, to be Pitt. in the yeah Big East back yeah. like when when Jamie Dixon was their coach. Yeah. Um, but 
the Big East right now to me has has the two best chances to to win a championship, and that's why I'm super excited to see this weekend because um, UConn's already played Marquette this year and beat them uh, at Marquette, uh, and Marquette so, didn't yeah. really. Oh wait, no, 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 just kidding. They haven't oh, so played each other yet. Milwaukee. They haven't played. They haven't played each other yet this year. Um, but Marquette faltered at, 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 at the early stages of the year. Uh, or middle part of the year, and UConn has just continued to dominate everybody. I'm so, so excited to see this game because they're both playing really, really good basketball, and it's going to kind of give us a good picture going into the Big East tournament as we get uh, on. Um, and they play each other again in Marquette. So it's like they they turn around and play each other again, I think, in a game or two. It's really weird how the schedule works. It's like they play each other, and then they have two other right. games, and then they play each other again. Um, but... Uh, the Big East has some just great basketball played right now. Not even those two as well, but like Creighton uh, plays good ball when they're when they're hitting shots. Um, Villanova is is just so streaky, like they're so weird. Uh, they will go through stretches where they play really good ball, and then they go through stretches where they lose games they shouldn't lose. Xavier kind of got the final nail in the coffin, losing to Seton Hall, and Seton Hall's been a shocker this year. Um, Georgetown with Ed Cooley is just getting right. their faces beat in every single game they play. Yeah, they first play years are always a little weird for like when you have a new coach. Yeah, you're like it's a transition year, and he has to he has to lift that program. You know, yes. where Patrick Ewing brought it down to like it. That's the lowest of a low, especially for plays like Georgetown. Yeah, and they play Villanova tonight, so uh, yeah, that'll be. Gonna- Nova should win that game. Nova should win that game. I just don't know how it's in Georgetown. It's you know, so I just don't know how dominant it's going to be. And Providence, Providence playing good basketball too. Like I, I love everything. I Big East basketball to me is must watch. I, I tune in as as often as I can, unless it's DePaul playing, then I don't really care. Um, like just get DePaul off my screen. I don't want to watch them. Yeah, I think Villanova's like they're part of like the last four in the tournament. Yes, I think they're 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 right on that edge. Um. I know you want to talk about it, so we can we can discuss now the Big Ten. Uh, yes. Let's lead off first with with the team in the Big Ten, and that is Purdue. I still just don't trust Purdue. Like, no, I'm sorry, they I can't. are the biggest group of phonies. They are yes. a regular season team. Like until they, they cannot win in the tournament. Like, no, no, and until they make like a Sweet Sixteen with this iteration of them, with the Zach Eady iteration of of Purdue, he is like the most flawed. Like. He's probably the face of college basketball because I feel like he's just like the most. He has the most recognizable face in college basketball. Yes, yeah. Well, it's because guys just don't really stay in college basketball long well, like, yeah. like him. It, but he knows, he knows he can't move on to the to his, the next. Like he's not going to be a good NBA player. He may not be an right. NBA player at all. He'll be. He'll make a roster because he's so big. But he's just he's his his style of play. That t- kind of basketball is like. The back to the basket, yes. Yeah, he's a slow-footed back-to-the-basket big guy. He's going to get destroyed in the pick-and-roll. He gets destroyed now in the pick-and-roll. I mean, that's how Farley Dickinson beat them. They just pulled him away from the basket. They hit those backdoor cuts all all game long. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, every Big Ten team on the road sucks. They're terrible. Like, other than Purdue, Big Ten teams can't go on the road and play. And and we saw our first— Big Ten casualty, who I know you have been clamoring for the Buckeyes getting rid of. Ohio um, State's probably they're they're yes they finally fired Chris Holtman. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have never been extended. That you know Gene Smith said that the other day. That was his biggest regret was extending him. I mean mm-hmm. Ohio State should they're the worst program in the Big Ten right now. 
Like them or Michigan. Michigan looks terrible this year. They they do. They're bad. Jawan Howard is awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he he's probably next to go, but mm. you know with Chris Holtman, um, like it, it's gotten really bad. Like he was a great recruiter. He just wasn't a good like co- coach when it came to developing guys. Like mm-hmm. when he first got there, it looks like he he could have gotten something going. Like his first year, uh, they over you know they they were projected to finish ninth in the Big Ten and they ended up making it to you know the round of thirty two because mm-hmm. they had some good upperclassmen you know, left over from that modest team. You had Kata Bates, Diop, uh, Jay Sean Tate, um, and some other guys. And, you know, just since then, they just haven't taken that next step like you wanted them to. Like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest what if, they're not the only team, was the co- the 2020 season. That was probably his best team. And that team, I think, would have gotten at least to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, that was their floor. And they never got the chance. And then, the next year, 2021, they're a two seed and they lose to Oral Roberts in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, he never recovered from that. And Ohio State, like, Ohio State should not be the worst team in the Big Ten. They, Ohio State, historically, they've had a pretty good program. I mean, they're, they're a football school and fans have shown they will stick with the football team through thick and thin. They only stick with the basketball team through thick. Yes. Like, yeah. They're not even, they're like, they, they, the crowds look like a right state game, like these past couple home games. Yeah. Like, nobody's been going. Like, a lot of the same stuff with Notre Dame. So Notre Dame in the ACC with basketball is terrible. They're terrible this year. I mean, well, I, they, have, they have a new coach. Though, new coach. So least... and, and I think everybody, like it's a whole new roster of guys that he had to bring yeah. in or their transfers or whatever. But um, well, that's Notre Dame. With college. You can do, you can add a bunch of, whoever they get, they can bring someone in, guys in from the transfer portal and they can like completely turn around their team in one year. Like yeah. those rebuilding years are kind of long gone sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You could, yeah, you can flip it like now, especially in basketball. Cause you only have 12 guys on your roster. Right. Um, but oh, yeah. Chris Holtman, I, I guess he was kind of in over his head. He clearly had issues dealing with criticism, even though he doesn't get like a third of the criticism that Ryan day got. Yeah. Or gets. Well, it's so. a it's different sport too. Different. It, sport. it is. You're right. Um, and, and, uh, but I, I expect um I expect uh a handful of Big Ten teams like Illinois is not bad either. Illinois is a good team. Um yeah. in conference they've struggled a little bit, but uh they're they're a solid program as well. Michigan State, I'm still holding out hope. I, I just I wait till March. Wait, wait till I, I know March. they're gonna sneak in and they're gonna be a solid team. Wisconsin isn't terrible either. Um and so I think that uh, you're going to get a handful of, of Big Ten teams in the tournament. Um, and I just don't see any of them making it past the first or even the second round. Like, I just think that, like, except for Michigan State. Michigan State is the weird one where I'm sitting here going, I, I just could actually see um, them making a little bit of a deeper run. But I think Purdue's going to get in. Illinois is going to get in. Wisconsin's going to get in. Northwestern. I mean, well, Purdue, obviously, they're a top. They're the second yes. rate team in the country. They're probably going to be a one seed. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, they're phony. Like. Yes. Yes. They're not. Nobody they're believes not great. And I was correct. Michigan's eight and seventeen. They're the, they're the actual bottom of of the Big Ten. Wait, that's what Michigan's record is. Yeah. Eight they're and eight seventeen. Eight and seventeen. I say it's fourteen and eleven. They're the only team in the Big Ten that's below five hundred. Everybody wow. else is above five hundred. And, and they beat Ohio State, which is pathetic. Yeah. Um. 
that was the worst Ohio State bat. That was the worst basketball game I've ever seen played by a team ever. Was Ohio State against Michigan? That was, that was abysmal. I, it, it made my stomach sick watching them play basketball that day. Um, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's <laughs> regardless. They've... Yeah, regardless. Um, we're gonna flip to the A10 because because our team plays in the A10, right? Yes. University of Dayton Flyers. Now, not being a power conference team, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Dayton is going to most likely, even without winning the A10, they're going to make the tournament. I think their slot is like a four or five seed right now. Yeah. They have um, one of the best resumes in the country. Yeah, and and uh, you had some thoughts on the Dayton Flyers, so go ahead and go. Like, so when Dayton, they were rolling, like, they could be any team in the country, but like as we, the, I went to the game on uh, this past Tuesday when they beat um, Duquesne, and they they got off to a really slow start, and it's like when they're th- they're real, they're the best three point one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. I think they have the fifth like best team percentage. Mm-hmm. If their shots aren't falling early, it's kind of like they're in for it. it it's a yes, long. It becomes like, a long night. Yeah, and. You know, I, I don't want to start off with the negatives because this has been this has been a fun ride. Like, this has been, been as close year, to the 2020 year as we've gotten. Yes, yes, yes. They are built similarly to that team, but they're also a little different. Um, the formula to beat them, both Richmond and VCU, has kind of shown how it's you take Deron Holmes out of the game, and you just force somebody else to like to to beat you. Yeah. Um, I mean, against Richmond, Holmes mainly battle foul trouble and just. Richmond had some big guys who just they were big, you know, their size gave Dayton some issues. Um and, and Dayton and, Dayton simply couldn't make shots in that game either. Like no. they just weren't like so Not until like the last like two minutes when they were like finally hitting their threes and it became like the foul game, you know. Yes, yes. It became a little bit more a little bit more uh um competitive. But, but their defense has been really good this year. Like with the game last Friday, they held VCU scoreless for the last six minutes of the game and they still lost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they did the same thing to Duquesne in this game. Like you hold two teams scoreless for six minutes in the second half, and you're one and one in those two games. Like those are the type of things. That's how you lose early in the A10 tournament because Dayton hasn't won an A10 tournament in like over 20 years, and that's also how you get bounced in the first round. Because as of right now, both Joe Lenardi and I'm lo- looking at the Athletics projected uh, bracketology. They both have Dayton as a five seed and. As we know, five twelve is the most common upset in March Madness for whatever reason, and yeah, I just—that's the kind of game where it's like I would not feel the worst about Dayton, like in, in that situation. Yeah, the the one thing I will say with Dayton though that that I've really enjoyed watching with them this year. But that, they've been really—I didn't want—I just want to get all the negatives out. Yes, like, yes, the and positives so let's, outweigh let's, the negatives. Let's but, let's talk the positives real quick. Well, that defense travels and it's really, yes. really good. Like they suffocate teams defensively. Yes. Um and Chiefs. What a fun yes. portal. Yes. Uh and so they're really good at defensive rebounding. They're really good at only like not giving up extra possessions to teams. It is yes. that like when they don't score, man, they just they don't score. Like it's you it's, saw that against BCU. Be- yes. And they don't have the best um I'm not a fan of Anthony Grant's uh, inbound plays out of a timeout. Mm-hmm. I like the one my, that and now the one that ended the game against VCU. 
now that I thought that it wasn't a bad play because you, you got Holmes, your best player, going to the basket. But I'd rather him finish at the rim as opposed to just putting up a little floater. Yeah. And at least it wasn't the typical what they always do is Kobe Bryant going ISO step back three, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes. I, my, my, uh, I know Anthony Grant is a half court guy. Like he wants to play the game in the half court and set up offenses yes. and, and be slow moving and methodical. Even though they're better when they're not doing get that. on the run, get on yes. the run. Like get, re- like you are such a good defensive rebounding team, get defensive rebounds, press the ball up, get down, like, Try to get some baskets. Now, the only argument I'll make against that is they're also not a good free throw shooting team either. No, that's the other thing that's going to kill them is free throw shooting. Like, Deron Holmes actually had improved to start the season, but these past couple games, he's not been very good from the line. No, and so you can kind of just hack him down low, and you're probably going to save yourself a point or two. Hack a Deron. Yes, yes. And so I'm not worried about them defensively. I think they play with anybody defensively. Like, I don't think anybody – plays with as much effort as they do on the defense side of the ball, maybe in the nation, maybe besides like oh. UConn. Uh, yeah. But that's about it. Um, what worries me with Dayton, obviously, is they just can't score very well. Yes. At times. So, um, one like, last... If their threes yeah. are not falling, it's, it's almost like they don't know what to do. Yes, yes. Um, one last too much dribbling, like the half court game, just it's a lot of dribbling and passing the ball around the perimeter. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it just, it's, it's that kill time mentality, but yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, just to get some other things off my brain before we have to get out of here, Tennessee is good. Tennessee is really good. I think Tennessee yes. can make some noise in the tournament, or they're going to get bounce in the first round. I think there's no in between. Like I don't think they make a sweet. That's how Kentucky is typically. Mm-hmm. Kentucky experienced team. They're weird to me though. They keep losing games that they probably shouldn't lose. Um, out of the SEC, Alabama's decent. Auburn's decent. Like I just don't trust anybody really out of the SEC this year besides Tennessee. Um, Kansas still good. Houston really good. I love Houston. I always love Houston. Oh, the Cougars, yeah. And then they, were Houston, the ones that, they ran Dayton off the floor when they played. Yes. Uh, like, I love Houston, and then they turn around against Kansas and just get their, like, faces beat in. So it's like, yeah. maybe I don't love Houston that much. But They host Texas uh, tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, Texas gave him a good good game in Austin, but this game's in Houston. So, so it should be a good one. They're, Houston, when they're playing, speaking of good defensive ball, when they play good defensive ball, and they do, they, they play defense and then they run the court instead of, play defense and set up half court uh sets. They they will get stops and then they would run down the court and and beat you athletically. Um Gonzaga has kind of looked better a little bit. They stro- I watched yeah. the game last night against uh who was it? LMU. Uh I don't know what LMU stands for, but it's something Louisiana or oh, oh. No. Loyola Marymount University. Loyola Marymount, yes, out west. Um, Loyal Marymount gave them a yeah, pretty good game that. until the end. They ended up beating about like 17. So if you just look at the final score, you'd be like, oh, Gonzaga killed them. Gonzaga, that, that game was really, really close to start the second half, and then Gonzaga just kind of bully-balled them the rest of the way. Um, and so there's kind of this worry of will Gonzaga make it or miss it this year because you have St. Mary's, who's really, really good in that WAC conference out there um, yeah. as well. And then you've got other good West Coast teams like like San Diego State's not terrible, um, New Mexico yeah. State's not terrible, Nevada's pretty good, 
Uh, a lot of those Mountain West teams are, are pretty solid. Um, Oregon is really, really good out of the last year in the Pac-12. Yeah. I wanted to say this. Shout out to the Indiana State Sycamores. Yes. They are yes. ranked for the first time since 1979, since they had Larry Bird. Yes. Like, that is awesome. Like, Yeah. I love that guy that wears goggles. Their best player. Yeah, he, he he's going to be a, come a star in March. Yes. Yes. He's going to be. That's the best thing about March Madness is it gives a spotlight to guys who you typically don't hear see play a lot. Yes. I agree. I agree. Well, um, Ryan, anything else before we got to get out of here? Oh, I think we hit the hammer on the on yeah. the nail here. Yeah. Um, all right, Ryan. Well, thank you as always. Thank you for everybody for listening. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. It really does go a long way for helping the show, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.